Hi, good morning. My name is Dr. Ben Benham, and thank you so much for having me on your show. So we're here today talking all about hair. Around the time of menopause, we can experience shifts in the health of our hair. What happens around menopause, females go through a lot of changes. And a lot of those female patients already have some genetic predisposition for hair loss. So when you mm. start going through that, those shifts and changes in hormones, it just kind of accelerates some of that genetic predisposition. And also usually around 45, 50, I think a lot of people are going through some other stressors in their life, whereas in your 20s, you're not, you know, you have kids, parents are getting older, and now you're worrying about your parents' health. You know, so I think there's a lot of stuff happening around that age. And it's a combination of everything, basically, that's going to push you towards more of that hair loss phenomenon. today talking all about hair and for women in particular around the time of menopause we can experience shifts in the health of our hair you know for some women thinning of the hair that what do you call it Dr Ben tell me so it's the female pattern hair loss that's right it's a struggle for women I think in particular I know from my own personal experience that you know a lot of my identity is tied up with my hair and, uh, and, and without my hair, right, I don't know that I would feel quite like me. Yes. So see, typically what happens is that around menopause, females go through a lot of changes. And unfortunately, as a result of that, um, you know, they could experience some shedding. Uh, and a lot of those female patients already um, have some genetic predisposition for hair loss. So when you mm. start going through that, those shifts and changes in hormones, basically it just kind of accelerates some of that genetic predisposition. Um, and also usually around 45, 50, I think a lot of people are going through some other stressors in their life, whereas in your 20s, mm. you're not, you know, you know, you have kids, kids are growing older, they're rebelling more, you know, I have two of them, you know. So, you know, and that already adds more stress, you're going through midlife mm. crisis, mm. You know, and your parents are getting older and now you're worrying about your parents' health. You know, so I think there's a lot of stuff happening around that age. And it's a combination of everything, basically, that, uh, you know, that's going to push you towards more of that hair loss phenomenon that most patients experience uh, around, mm. you know, 45 to 53. Right. So, you know, what uh, your experience is that you set up a wonderful clinic with your brother. I mean... I don't know that uh, how that works, working with your brother all the time. So, so believe it or not, so the thing is that he's so busy and I'm so busy. So Dr. Oh. Sean is always doing surgeries. So yesterday, literally, I saw him at 5.45 as we were just leaving the office. Can you believe it? You know, so we barely see each other sometimes. But it's great because we're always there and we're always there to support one another, especially with respect to when it comes to patient care. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yesterday, like he had a patient who came from, you know, Mexico city flew here to see us, you know, and we mm -hmm. always, you know, bounce ideas and other treatment protocols because he mainly does a lot of hair transplants. And I do like a lot of, uh, like PRP and what's called platelet rich plasma stem cells. And sometimes patients want to blend the two together, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of bridging these two worlds, you know, and both of us being the same clinic allows us to give that kind of the best care opportunity to our patients, you know? Yeah, well, it does sound that you've got, sound like you have two skill sets that complement one another perfectly uh, to help your patients, as you say. So um, 
you know, we're talking about keeping hold of our hair in the first instance, if we possibly can. So what, what are some of the, uh, the good things that we can do to support our hair and maybe some of the bad things that we should stop doing? That's a very good question. So first of all, prevention is the key, which means that if you could do anything to keep the hair, that's the most important thing. So a couple of things that we could do to basically maintain the hair. Number one, we do stress. Honestly, I truly um, believe that stress is one of the main causes basically of hair loss. Um, and I'm going to basically go back to what I said earlier. A lot of people are genetically predisposed to losing the hair. But yeah. as you go through stressors, basically, that's going to accelerate the underlying stressors. So like, I have like a lot of patients that come and see me in their 30s, and they look amazing. I'm like, you know what? You're going to keep your hair unless one thing happens. You go through like mm-hmm. a major stress, like a car accident where you end up in the hospital for two weeks, divorce, you know, like getting mm-hmm. fired, things like that. So those stressors we have no control over. But, you know, the more you could do to minimize it, basically, the better it is. I always make the joke, you know, go to Hawaii and take me with you, you know. You know, that's, you know, I think so being in an environment where it's quiet, tranquil, you know, that really makes a difference. So mm-hmm. stress is one of those things, so reducing that. So kind of, you know, having, like, if you go running or exercising, that really some of your stress. I think basically those are the best things. Uh, so that's number one. Number two... Uh, other stuff that I could do to kind of prevent it is, you know, for example, like a lot of people basically shower, you know, twice a day, every day, or they shower or shampoo every day. And I think basically those are, that's actually pretty bad. Um, you know, we typically discourage patients from showering. Well, no, you should shower, just don't wash your hair with shampoos every day. Excessive use of shampoos are bad for you so uh and i have patients who literally cut down to only two three times a week and they already automatically tell me that that the hair stopped falling quite a bit so so washing excessively is not good for you conditioning is good so we always do encourage using the conditioner look i shower every day but i don't wash my hair with a shampoo every day we would just wash it out with water you know i mean i actually have quite oily hair uh but i just wash it out all the time by by the afternoon, it gets kind of quite oily, so I have to, you know, um, you know, shower every day. But so that's another thing. Another thing is that you know, when you kind of shower, you don't want to be too aggressive with the hair, you know. So you don't want to wrap a towel really tight and really, or like brush it really hard. Those are things that you should avoid doing. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the proactive stuff. So for example, taking your vitamin D every day is very, very important. I usually say there are four pillars of hair loss. Number one is vitamin mm-hmm. D. You need to take it every day. You yeah. could do whatever you want for your hair, every PRP, every stem cell treatment. If you're not, if you don't have those basics down, it's just not gonna grow. You know, it's you need the foundations. So uh, so vitamin D 2000 I use is typically very good. Uh, for wow. females, I typically do recommend doing an iron tablet every day. The problem with iron is that um, it could be constipating. So I typically yeah. recommend some of the lower doses, but just be consistent about it. That's another thing. Being consistent about mm-hmm. what you is very important. So so taking a regular multivitamin, I typically you know like the prenatals, you know, I think they're pretty good. Adding on a separate vitamin D and a separate iron, I think those three things are very important. In addition, adding collagen to your diet is great. Uh, you know, uh, whole foods in the US has the vital proteins collagen, um, which is easy, it's great. Just one scoop a day and drink it. You can even mix it with your tea or coffee. Mm-hmm. And then adding more protein to your diet. So your mm-hmm. hair is composed of proteins. So the more protein to add to your diet, the better it is. And uh, for example, adding more cashews, chicken, walnuts, you know, 
avocados. Those are great. But also you could buy a separate protein powder and literally make a smoothie out of it. And there are many different protein powders out mm-hmm. there. So I'd like to kind of elaborate about that. Um, there are pea proteins, which are all fine. It's great. Uh, but yeah. there's also whey protein, which are very popular. There are two types of whey proteins. There's the concentrate version and the isolate version. Whey protein isolate is one of the most common whey proteins, at least in the United States. Uh, it is yeah. mainly used for muscle building. So that's mm. why it's very popular. The problem with the isolate is that uh, it could actually cause more hair loss. Uh, so you yes. don't want to do, you mm. always want to get the back of the ingredients and you don't want to do the isolate. You actually mm. want to do a whey protein concentrate. Uh, it's tough to find a pure concentrate in the States or any, really anywhere else. But Amazon, you know, they have a lot of options. So so I always say get a whey, a whey protein concentrate, get throw some collagen there, do a smoothie in the morning, skipping breakfast is a meal replacement. It's going to do a couple of things. One, you're going to lose a couple pounds of couple pounds of weight, actually, you know, which is always a good thing for everyone, you know. Number two, um, is actually going to really help with the hair growth, you know, and I have some female patients that come in, and honestly, all we do is just put them on proteins and collagen and vitamins, in the, and I, we see them back four or five months later, and they say that they're better, really, without doing any prescription drugs. Mm. Well, you know, I like the sound of that, because I do favor natural approaches wherever possible, and I do have a very... Um, appealing shower cap in my possession which yes I wear uh, so I do as you said you know I I I, I definitely am aware that my hair is uh, healthier when I don't wash it every day day, and uh, yes so we are in the shower like you said but uh, I I do have this uh, pink spotted shower cap it's it's very attractive I love it I love love pink spots that's great (laughs) so yes too uh, I like to wash every third day uh, and you know my hair that is uh, and and so yeah I definitely noticed that that's but I I wasn't sure that that was the right way to go about it because of the scalp um, you know the the health of the skin of the scalp so you know that that was something I wasn't wholly sure of uh, and we'll come to that because sure. uh, you said such a lot then actually quite quickly uh, about <laughs> i get sometimes too excited about this so well it is it's exciting i can see why you would why you would get excited um but the whey protein is something i again i'm familiar with because my son is a bodybuilder mm. and um yeah so he's I, i'm not particularly keen on it and i keep trying to steer him in the direction of the pea protein <laughs> But, yeah. yeah he says he can't find one that tastes very nice so i know uh, <laughs> but he could do a whey. i know yeah that's true but he could do he could do a whey protein concentrate mm. he could do the concentrate version of the whey protein and mm. a lot of muscle builders actually are slowly transitioning into that now another oh, thing is creatine that's also oh, oh he does really bad Oh. Really horrible for your hair. Oh, it okay. shoots up your testosterone level. You know, I do have oh. some females that are bodybuilders, and I'm telling mm. you that, you know, you know, creatine will cause a lot of shedding in your hair. And as simple oh. as that. And another thing, soy, actually, a lot of soy is also not very good as well. So tofu oh. and a lot of soy, uh, just because it kind of messes with your estrogen and testosterone mm. levels. So, you know, so we would yeah. kind of, a little bit here and there is fine, but. Really, like some people try to replace their regular milk with the soy milk. I usually discourage it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, well, uh, you know, and I love this idea that we're nourishing our hair from within, uh, yes. you know, with natural approaches wherever possible. And, uh, and just so to take us to the skin of the scalp, because you are a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. And so I'm quite sure that you've got some really uh, fantastic tips for us. Yes, great question. So the skin on your head, the scalp. So it's really important. I think there's some myths and some, you know, things that we kind of got to ex let's explain about it. So one of the common things that I hear is that patients come in and say, well, doc, I'm losing my hair because my hairs on my scalp are plugged up. I hear that all the time. I mean, you know, that's actually pretty interesting. And one of the reasons why people think that is because a lot of people have dandruff from the scalp and through this flaky and it's scaly and you, basically you kind of scratch your head and you see all these crusty things under your nails. And yes, it gives that impression that if your scalp, you know, has a lot of dirt on it or stuff on it, it's going to plug up your hair and your hair is not going to grow out. It's an interesting concept. I, I, I don't really agree with that, but I do believe, I do believe that, you know, um, a lot of the flakiness of the scalp is dandruff. And dandruff is usually fungus and it's sometimes associated with a lot of inflammation and it's the inflammation mm. that will damage your hair. That mm. is true. So, uh, and some patients that have psoriasis on the scalp, which really thick, scaly, inflammatory lesion on the scalp, those patients even have more hair loss. So in those situations, mm. I do believe that you have to take a good control of the inflammation and the dandruff on your scalp. You know, and uh, by reducing the inflammation, by reducing the redness and controlling mm -hmm. the flakiness, you actually do have a healthier scalp. And as a result, I think you will have just better hair growth and less fallout because you're reducing the inflammation. So by reducing inflammation, there's less damage to your hair. Yes. Okay. So are we talking about applying things to the scalp locally or are we talking about systemic inflammation or, or is it maybe a bit of both? So it's sometimes a bit of both, but typically it's just low class to the scalp. Okay. Um, and, you know, and there's things, there are ways they could treat it. I mean, you could use antifungal shampoos. I usually recommend not using solely one shampoo. It's actually better to alternate a couple of different shampoos because just like bodybuilding where you can't do, you should not do the same exercise every day. You shouldn't mm -hmm. use the same shampoo on your scalp every day either because your scalp gets used to it. Mm -hmm. So alter the shampoos, kind of move it around. Like every other day, use a different shampoo. And, you know, just put it on for five minutes and wash it out. Uh, and by reducing the inflammation, the flakiness, I think you just have better scalp health, which results in just better quality of hair. You know, now sometimes if there's a lot of inflammation, then you do need some topical steroid on your scalp. And dermatologists will basically will write that for our patients and recommend it. But you know, everybody's different, so you have to see a dermatologist mm -hmm. so that basically they validate you. Talk about systemic inflammation. There's certainly conditions where the systemic inflammation does affect your hair. You know, so I personally have a hair loss condition known as alopecia areata. And what it is, is it's kind of like an autoimmune condition where the body attacks your hair follicles. And it's all inflammation because if you were to do a biopsy, you will see all this inflammation underneath the skin. So we know it's inflammation, but for some reason, it's just systemically showing up only on your scalp and causes hair loss. Uh, basically, all of the scalp, you could get hair loss on your beard area, face, legs, arms. And believe it or not, I have a lot of female patients like that. 
But in that case, that's like a medical mm-hmm. condition that needs to be treated mm-hmm. with localized injection of steroids to reduce that inflammation. And what did you call that again? Alopecia areata. Areata. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's very common. So if you look at guys, if you're mm-hmm. outside, right now everyone was wearing a mask, but before the mask era, you know, if you were to look at guys, you will see some guys who have like a patch of hair loss on the beard. Very, oh. very common. A lot of females have it too, but they're, they tend to hide it much better than guys. Well, I'm certainly trying to hide my beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the hair loss, but yeah, I get it. Yes. Yeah, we. I want it on my head yes. and not on my face. Thank not you very there, much. Have everything there. I, 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 hundred percent agree with you. Yes. Let's keep everything up here and nothing down there. I get yeah. it. Yes. So, so I guess there's a difference between alopecia and female pattern baldness. So alopecia is just a g- generic name for hair loss. Oh, okay. And there are oh, many okay. different types of, you know, hair loss. Yeah, so there is, so female pattern hair loss is actually known as androgenetic alopecia. But then oh. you have other type of alopecia. So they have alopecia areata. We have these circular round patches that you get. Then you have cicatricial alopecia, which is scarring hair loss that mainly happens in like, uh, darker skin individuals, kind of like in the crown area. So, so there are a lot of different types, uh, but alopecia is a generic name. But we're here we're talking about female pattern hair loss, so also known as androgenetic alopecia. Okay. Well, thank you for clearing that of up. Of course, no problem. <laughs> so we were talking about pea protein a minute ago, yes. and uh, and so I'm just curious. Obviously, um, dietary considerations you uh, you've mentioned some vitamins already that would be good for us to uh, perhaps supplement with but some people choose to um you know opt for special diets the vegetarians and vegans veganism is really quite uh, fashionable at the moment if it i is. can say it is. It is. Mm. so do these have ramifications for the hair absolutely because unfortunately, when you are on those special diets, uh, what happens is that you're not getting enough nutrients, amino acids, and vitamins, uh, and you tend to have more hair loss. So every time somebody comes to my office, we usually ask them, you know, you know, if they have any, like, are they pescatarians, are they vegetarians? Uh, and I'll tell you, the majority, you know, the majority of those patients who are vegetarians don't have very good hair. You know, so I always say, look, supplement, you know, add, you know, mm-hmm. use the protein, use the collagen, use the vitamin D, you know, just add more protein to that. Because again, at the end of the day, your hair is all protein. That's guys. It's all protein. It's made of. I yeah. just noticed a red claw on my forehead. Sorry, my Botox is wearing off, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that in your clinic? Yes, as well? absolutely. I've oh. been getting Botox on myself for the past 20 years and I'm proud well, of it. Well, good for you. I always say, you know, don't overdo it. Do very minimal. But, you know, a little bit here and there. It doesn't hurt anyone. It's all good. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's what you know, it's horses for courses, as we would say in this country. <laughs> <laughs> or each to their own. Yeah, each to their yeah. own. That's true. Again, but yeah. I do live in Hollywood, so I have to kind of, you know, look good. Well, you're conforming, aren't you? <laughs> Collagen is actually something that I've been supplementing with uh, relatively recently. And I do feel like it is changing, you know, the voluminous, uh, uh, the volume of my hair. It, it does feel healthier for sure um and so you know would i don't know about you well i think i do now actually 
trying to stay visibly younger without breaking the bank. Yes. Mm. And lo not looking too weird. That's, you know, it's, that's really the balance. Yeah, yeah. At it's, least yeah. in LA. In LA, that's the balance. <laughs> Yeah. I don't have to worry quite so much in Lincoln where I live. <laughs> you look great. You look great. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of, you know, trying to keep that balance. And again, we, and with hair, I mean, what has become in the past five years is that a lot of things have changed. First of all, like about seven years ago, we, we were mainly seeing 90% males and only 10% females in our practice. Uh, oh. But over the past five years, demographics have changed because, see, it used to be a taboo for females to talk about hair loss. You just never heard it. See, years ago, Michael Jordan shaved his head, and you know what? It made it good. You no, know, guys look good with shaved head. Mm -hmm. They do. But ever since Instagram and Facebook came out and the younger generation, they're taking 20 purchases a day, whereas when we were younger, we barely took any photos. You know, So for them, looking great, <laughs> And presentable on Instagram is very important mm. for both males and females. So the rise of Instagram and social media has made female pattern hair loss less taboo, which is actually a good thing. Mm. It's a good thing because you want people to come and talk about it, you know, mm. and you want people to talk about it and not be embarrassed about it because when you talk about things, then you could talk about treatment options, you know. Yeah, and I think I think that is really the why we're here. Actually, uh, you know, joking apart, that to you know get rid of taboos, whatever they might be, reproductive health, uh, yeah. you know, hair, yeah. whatever it is, hair loss. Uh, let's let's you know put that to the side and uh, and see what we can do to help people who who have issues or difficulties. And so. Uh, you're saying that more women are presenting themselves at the clinic, and am, am I, I are we meaning for the hair transplantation sort of services or? It's both. I mean, it's both oh. just medical hair. But it's actually three things: medical hair loss treatment, <clears throat> injectables, and hair transplant. You know, you you really have all three segments, and sometimes. Patients don't know what they want. So no. they just don't know. So they come for advice. And sometimes yeah. patients do know what they want and they want to have it, but that's not necessarily the right thing. So you have to mm -hmm. kind of present all the options and gear them toward the right direction. So, for example, you know, one of the good things about female pattern hair loss about 50 is that, you know, there are some more options, whereas if you're below 50, you really don't have those options. So for example, there's a pill that guys take called Propecia, Finasteride. We typically do not prescribe it to females below age 50 just because of the fact that you don't want to get pregnant while you're on the pill, you know? Oh, okay. So, but if you're above 50, usually that's not an issue, usually. So, uh, <laughs> and you know, that pill really works really well. Finasteride for females above 50 is very effective. It's oh, very yeah. effective. And, you know, I'm, I'm a very big fan of it and I usually recommend it. Um, and also studies have shown that you could actually take a higher dose than guys can. So guys typically mm -hmm. take the one milligram and females could take the two and a half milligrams. In the U.S., there's no two and a half milligrams, but we usually prescribe the five milligrams and the cut in half. And, yeah. and, and for the most part, it's actually pretty safe medication, actually. You know, there is this, you know, FDA in the U.S. has put, the risk of anxiety and depression on it. So we kind of have to legally discuss it with our patients, but it's actually pretty rare. And most of my female patients don't have any side effects from it. Now, if someone doesn't want to do the 
oral finasteride. There is the topical finasteride. I mean, that's mm -hmm. why I mean we found a company called Happy Head, and Happy has topical finasteride, and females use it. And you know, it's, in studies, it's been shown to be as effective as the oral, um, and it gives them good results. So you really have two options right there. Uh, and if someone does, if someone is below the age of fifty, we usually recommend spironolactone. Have you heard of spironolactone? Well, uh, I'm not sure. It's a very commonly used drug uh, for. Um, it's a very commonly used drug uh, for acne, actually, and oh, okay. uh, patients do quite a, for adult hormonal acne. And a low dose is great for adult hormonal acne, and high doses is great for hair loss in females. I have thousands of patients on it, you know, and people really do pretty well. Uh, you do have to watch out what you eat, like stuff that are high in potassium you shouldn't eat. But for the most part, females do very well. And in the U.S., a lot of females are on it. So pretty safe mm -hmm. drug for the most part. Just don't get pregnant on it again. So this is um, uh, boosting the hair growth. Yes, they're testosterone blockers. So and by blocking testosterone, you allow basically your hair growth. Um, in fact, I think there was a, a large study by UCLA uh, that showed um, that I think the spironolactin was at 50-50 effective. So if you took it 50% of the time, it maintained the hair, and the 50% of the time, it, it regrew the hair, So which is good. Mm -hmm. So if someone's in their 20s or 25 or 30s and losing hair, it's, it's worthwhile to go on it and give it a try. And it's not going to give me a beard, is it? A beard? No, 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 no. In fact, it's actually used for PCOS, actually. Oh, for is patients it patients that have a lot of PCOS, you know, like yeah. a lot of facial acne and facial hair growth, it's actually used for PCOS. That's one of the drugs that it's used for. So, so I see a lot of patients who have PCOS and have not been treated. So I usually do, you know, try to kill two birds, you know, with one stone, you know, just do... Um, Put him on the spironolactone. Sorry, put him on the spironolactone, and we treat the PCOS and also treat the hair loss as well. Yeah. Oh well. I, I mean, this is the thing. If the if there is something that you could do, and it would make you feel better to do it, uh, and it's not going to break the bank, then uh, then these seem like sensible options. Uh, you know. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. Yes. Look, they're not, look, you always have to, you know, the risk and benefits. Look, if it's not very mm. deadly and it's pretty safe and it's going to make you feel better about yourself, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm all for that. Uh, you know, we, we take all the natural approaches we can with managing our stress right. and uh, taking the nutritional supplements. Right. But there are times when uh, intervention is by far the, the best thing or the only thing, perhaps, uh, that, that we can do. And, and under those circumstances, it, it would be silly not to uh, give it a shot, perhaps. If it's going to, uh, you know, it, I mean, like I said to you at the beginning, it, my hair is, is so part of me. And, and you know, and to be honest, I, I, like I said, I don't feel like me when my hair's not uh, looking, <laughs> looking good. Right. But, uh, you know, I mean, there are women who look good with shaved heads. Sinead O'Connor, I don't know if you remember that pop star. She, uh, yeah, she certainly could uh, rock a shaved head. Uh, <laughs> but we're not all quite that so fortunate, are we? Some people could, most people can't. But, you know, it's, but you know, look, when someone comes to my practice, though, um, 
we we usually actually present them with the most natural options first. I'm mm-hmm. like, look, you know, do the vitamins, do the collagen, do the iron and vitamin D, do the protein. And, and also another thing, derma roller. Derma roller oh. is a micro-needling roller that has about oh, 500 spikes at the tip. And you gently, people use it for the face to stimulate collagen production, but you can also gently roll it on your scalp that also increases blood flow. Um, and again, there's no medications. I mean, it's just simple and it's natural. So I like that as well. And sometimes I might just start with the most basic thing, you know, just use Rogaine over the counter. Just keeping things very simple. And I usually tell them mm-hmm. to come back in three, four months and just see how they do. Uh, and a lot of times it helps, but sometimes it doesn't. And that's when you go to the next step of, mm-hmm. you know, either giving the option of topical happy head, which topical Rogaine, prescription Rogaine, uh, or you, then you go to oral options. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily jump to oral right away. You kind of, you know, have this, you know, you kind of do the, the you know, the holistic approach, you know, and vitamins, and then you go from there. And then there's some patients that want to do injections, and that's a different stop that we'll talk about later on. So we've got a question from Hugh L. Griffiths. And, uh, and of course, we're, we're not uh, ignoring the men, the husbands uh, at home or, or at work, wherever they might be. So what are the options for males with alopecia caused by eczema? And, uh, and Hugh L's 52. 52. So great question. So typically, so on the scalp, you could get like a bunch of different inflammatory conditions eczema, psoriasis, dandruff, they're really all on a spectrum. Um, So the key is you have to treat that inflammatory disorder. Basically what I said at the beginning, you have to treat the inflammation because if you don't treat the inflammation, then basically the inflammation is going to kill and damage your hair. And the way to treat it is, uh, in his case, he probably needs to use a topical steroid. Uh, in you know, in the U.S., we have something called clobetazole, which is a prescription. Is a dropper that you rub it into your scalp basically twice a day, every day for about two weeks, and that will really reduce the inflammation. And by reducing the inflammation, you just have better, healthier hair and better healthier scalp. So see a dermatologist yeah. and I'm treat the inflammation. I don't yeah. like oral steroids, but topical steroids should do just fine. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you talked about the roller. I yes. like that idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, stimulating the circulation to the scalp. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm an exercise professional uh, and, you know, and so I, <laughs> whatever we can do to improve the circulation uh, in the, you know, in the body, if we're moving, it's going to improve the circulation everywhere. Yes. But uh, specific techniques to improve the circulation locally to, uh, you know, again, to uh shift the inflammation uh, as well we'll we'll sort of uh, get rid of those byproducts of inflammation if we're stimulating the circulation won't we yes exactly that's very important in fact i'll tell you something else how to stimulate increased blood flow most people have probably have not heard about this but botox on the scalp really i don't make it up you could just look at yourself there are three really good studies now the most recent one being uh, in females, actually, Botox and the scalp in females. The idea is very simple. It's called the scalp tension theory. So some people believe that one of the reasons, you know, people's hair starts falling out is because when you get mad or stressed, your scalp tenses up um... and that constricts the blood flow, shuts it down. There's no blood flow getting to your hair. 
you're basically cutting off the nutrient supply to your scalp. So mm-hmm. by injecting Botox in the scalp, you oh, you relax the muscle and you open up those blood capillaries. And mm-hmm. as a result, you have more blood flow. That's a simplistic explanation of it. Um, and look, I have patients that I do it on and there are clinical studies shown demonstrating that, that go back mm-hmm. almost 10 years, probably longer than that now. Well, there's nothing more relaxing than a scalp massage, I must say. <laughs> sure. And, and you know what? There's actually, actually in the United States, there's a, there used to be a bunch of clinics where, you know, used to go in, Regenex, you know, used to go in, they used to release intensely uh, massage your scalp. Um, you know, I, I think some patients found it effective. You know, I think there are better ways now to kind of do it, like dermal roller. Uh, mm. There's also like a machine called hydrofacial where they go in and basically they kind of clean up. It, it's kind of like a facial for your scalp. Oh. Uh, and, you know, it stimulates more blood flow. You massage it, you clean it out. And look, and I think all this stuff helps, you know. Look, we live in a world where you just can't look at only one thing and say, oh, this is the only thing that's going to work for you. Typically with medicine, just like everything else, is a holistic approach. And you're adding multiple different things to the regimen to really make it work. And the same thing for scalp, you know, you know, your diet is important. You know, increasing blood flow to your scalp is important. Uh, reducing the stress is important. What you eat is really how you look like, you know. So we always encourage people, you know, to reduce processed foods, you know, reduce alcohol, reduce vaping, mm-hmm. reduce smoking, you know, all that affect your hair. Well, you know what? I, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's, that is entirely my uh, approach to, to health and wellness in the broadest sense. And, and that we, you know, working together as well, even with allied professionals to get the best uh, recipe for our clients. Uh, You know, sometimes like you work with your brother and between you, you can offer uh, so many more options for people. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Ben. Uh, Thank you for these wonderful tips that we've been sharing. And, uh, And I know that you have your website tell us about it yeah so you know our website is happyhead.com again we provide uh we offer topical you know prescription grade hair loss solution for both male and female and you know it kind of goes to my point at the beginning where you know you again you want to have this holistic approach not everyone wants to go on an oral medication right away so you do the diet, then you do the topical stuff, and then you go to oral. So that's yeah. that's our and so a couple of years ago the topical really was not talk about that much so our company focuses on customizable prescription grade topical solutions for male and females uh we've had it for two years and we're still the only customizable solution on the market oh well that's a brag worth bragging about isn't it (laughs) thank you thank you so much for joining me have a wonderful rest of your day in los angeles and uh, thank you again bye for now bye Thank thank you